So, Father, I praise you and thank you that your heart is encouraged in Jesus and that he died on the cross, that he finished his work, that he's purchased us, that we're on our way to heaven, that we're making it through. We're getting through this swamp, Father God, by the grace and power and glory and and protection of, of Jesus Christ and the power of your Holy Spirit. So, Father God, we thank you that there is no weapon Uh, forged against us. There's nothing that can separate us from your love. So today, as we ask for wisdom and the fear of the Lord and understanding that wisdom, we ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us. We thank you for that. We bind every spirit that would come against us, including those that would try to disrupt this broadcast, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. You've continued over the days to give us many skills to to work out this, the troubles and, and snares and snags that Satan has put up in our lives. So now we're asking you again this day to give us your wisdom. And we thank you, Lord God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We're under the blood of Jesus, covered and sheltered in your wings, under your, the cover of your wings, and that no weapon formed against us, no word said, no deed done, no action taken will go anywhere that the enemy has proposed, Father, that it will fall to the ground and bring forth nothing, that our attitudes and our hearts will stay in, in full joy and peace and rejoicing as we walk in the truth. We ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, what do you think? Are you a wise guy? <laughs> Are you a wise guy? And where does that wisdom come from? Got any ideas, honey? Well, Proverbs 1, 7, and other places, says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom and mm-hmm. knowledge mm-hmm. of the holy or the holy one is understanding. So yeah. so there are many that claim wisdom. You know, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about people in the last days professing themselves yeah. Ooh, to ouch. be wise. That hurts. They become fools. Yeah. So this is what... In a the danger here is you, that we are in the last days and we are in that atmosphere. Well, well, we have more knowledge is increasing. We yeah, have so much sure. information. We have so much education, more education, yeah. or we could call it miseducation. <laughs> uh, but we, we, are, we are not increasing in wisdom. Right. We are increasing in information. Not, yeah, We've yeah. got more information sure. that we can handle, and we play around and, and dissect and, and opinionize and but, everything, all this information. But it's not but, making us wise. Right. It's not without, there, there's really no wisdom. If you don't, Basically, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you well, know, you're you're not even in kindergarten as far as wisdom. So is so it says the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. Be- it is the beginning of wisdom um, in Deuteronomy. It kind of like let's build this up a little bit because I think, you know, it's not that people don't want to fear the Lord. And maybe they in, in our spirit, we do fear the Lord. But in the natural, many times we fear man. We fear for our lives. We fear circumstances. We, you know, see the things that are going on around us and we become very overwhelmed. But in Deuteronomy, there's a sweet promise that God gave as he was bringing the children of Israel out of a many hundreds of years of bondage. And in Deuteronomy 6, he says, verse 1, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God and keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, and your, you and your sons and your grandsons all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. Be careful to observe it that it may be well with you. Go well and multiply that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, as the Lord God your fathers has pro- of your fathers has promised you to, in bringing you to a land flowing with milk and honey. So here, there are many promises in this simple command to fear the Lord. So it looks like the, the fear of the Lord the way we act that out or walk that out is to actually observe 
his commandments, uh, uh, do what he called us to do. And of course, now Jesus has given us a new commandment that we love one another, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. So as we keep these commandments to love and forgive, then God says it will go well with you. Well, you know, the, the fear of the Lord is not a top, a hot topic of discussion these days. Correct. I mean, you don't hear it in churches for the most part. You don't hear it on TV, uh, Christian TV broadcasts, radio broadcasts. Uh, you don't see it. It it's, sounds it's, it's like a negative. It sounds mm-hmm. like, okay, you mean I'm supposed to be scared of God? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want God to freak me out. And so I don't want to talk about the fear of the Lord. It's a foreign concept. It's mm-hmm. really a foreign con. It's not even on the radar in the minds and hearts of many believers. We hear a lot about grace, mercy, and love, mm-hmm. which we should. But the fear of the Lord is the other side of that coin. Don't want to even talk you know, about it. Yeah, and it's not maybe that we don't want to talk about it. It's, it's. I think it's something deeper than that. I don't think it's a, um, a deliberate. Okay, I don't want to fear the Lord. Kind of decision we make. Uh, going back to Psalm thirty-six, which I, you know, when I was thinking about this this morning and praying on it and whatnot, I got hung up on Psalm thirty-six. And I know you've got a lot of scriptures, and they're really good, and we want to get to that. But I think Psalm thirty-six kind of sets the tone of why we are in this predicament of what you just said. There doesn't seem, seem to be a, uh, a thought of fear of the Lord. It doesn't seem to be on the radar, as you said, of many of our lives. It's not a, a major concern. We've got many, many, many spiritual concerns. We've got physical concerns. We've got, But this does not seem to be one of them. But here, Psalm 36, um, verse 1. An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. Now, going back to Deuteronomy for a second, he says, God says, if you want the fear of the Lord, if you want your life to go well, if you want peace and, and in a land flowing with milk and honey and live long, then do what I said. Keep my commandments. Why? Well, it's a very strategic move on Satan's part in this spiritual warfare to get us to not observe God's commandments. So therefore, we are uh, technically um, giving our, our agreement to the enemy who then takes advantage of us to steal our blessings and kill and destroy us. But here he's saying the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. He flatters himself in his own eyes. This is going back to like what he's talking about in Romans. Um, for the for he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity and when he hates <clears throat> the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He doesn't consider the iniquity or the or or the the truth. Um, he has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not hate evil. So you know, basically what all this type of behavior. Right. These these <coughs> evil thoughts, these evil plans that they're that are being yeah. uh, come up, come uh, up with. schemed uh, upon a person's bed even in the night hours. Mm-hmm. It, it, it the root of it is lack of the fear of the Lord and what we're talking about, the fear of the Lord, uh, it's basically the fear of the Lord is essentially this. It's a it's a holy desire to please the Lord and mm-hmm. a healthy mm-hmm. dread of displeasing him. Mm-hmm. OK, um, the fear of the Lord is a it's a reverence for God. It's a holy reverence for God. It's an attitude of uh, the highest respect mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and actually, in the definition of the fear of the Lord, 
uh, part of the definition of fear of the Lord in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there's a there's an alarm factor, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. that you are uh, you are respecting the Lord, and you're alarmed by His greatness and our accountability to Him, and and we're in awe of Him. You know, we use the, we yeah. use the term awesome, like I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you get an ice cream cone and oh, this tastes really awesome, you know, and well, the only <laughs> the only one that really deserves the title of awesome is God. Yeah, I, I was thinking, so, when, yeah, awesome, like when he cracked open the Grand Canyon with one swift move and when he created the, the earth and, I mean, all these things that we weren't there to see, but he, were pretty awesome to see. Well, the th- thing is the psalmist talks a lot about nature, mm-hmm. the nature, and the heavens declare the, the glory, glory of God, God and the mm-hmm. firmament show his power. I mean, the greatness of God, the greatness his of his truth. creation, is is just Mm -hmm. when we contemplate that it it really really should put a fear of god into us but there's an ever-present in in fear of the lord there's an ever-present awareness that we have we have a we have a constant awareness of his presence with us uh and our accountability to him and the fact of judgment to come there is a judgment to come. Mm-hmm. There's a judgment of the wicked. There's a judge, you know, of mm-hmm. the uh, and the judgment of the righteous. Mm-hmm. Now, the judgment of the righteous is is the judgment of our works, because the judgment upon our sin, if we've repented and put our faith in Jesus Christ, the judgment due our sin has already been placed mm-hmm. on Jesus. Right. But our works, once we become believers, our works, th- what we do. Uh, what we do out of love, out of obedience, those the quality of those things are going to be judged by the Lord. And so Paul said, knowing at one point he says, knowing the terror of the Lord, the severity of the Lord in the King James, mm-hmm. knowing the fear of God, we persuade men, because we all and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but we we all must all of us as believers we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus said, mm-hmm. you know, every word that men shall speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. So so the thing is that every knee will bow, every tongue every will confess. Every knee will bow and every tongue this will confess that Jesus everybody. Christ is Lord. <laughs> that doesn't mean that every knee of every believer, but every knee of the all the, uh, yeah, the rebellious. Every every the yeah. rebellious. Mm-hmm. But then but when you bow after you've died <laughs> and you've gone before the great white throne judgment. Your knees are going to bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the righteous judge of all the earth. But then it's going to be too late. There's no chance for salvation at that point. Mm -hmm. So we need to really be at the place of bowing our knees now in reverence for the living God. That means that we need to seek the wisdom of God. And I think we need to understand that this plot, spiritual plot against us, to pull the rug out from under us spiritually, to even get us to the place where we deny the existence of God, we downplay nature. It's all an accident. It's all a, a you know, we're just we're just, you know, descendants uh, of, a, of a primordial sl- slime. We've come out, of, you know, all that evolution. It, it's all a, an effort to displace God and the greatness of God, and our uh, desire to seek through wisdom to seek the counsel of God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. It says, and I think the first thing is to know that you need to ask for wisdom. Um, uh, wisdom is a wonderful gift. It's, it's, it's a, a thing that gives discernment, 
knowledge, discretion protects you from making a lot of uh, dumb mistakes. But but the thing is that we don't understand people, and I, I think this is where we need to kind of bring it down today to a little bit more of where we're actually living. <clears throat> we, we're not just living in a spiritual, you know, la-la land here. This is war, and the war is on the ground. The war is in the minds, the hearts. The war is, is fought through the media. The war is fought through, fought through, you know, your conversations, through the churches you go to, through the food you eat. The war is against us in every way, and so wisdom is, a, is desperately needed. But if we go back to, you know, looking at what takes away wisdom, the transgressions. If the, you know, in this country, let's just look at this for a minute. We want wisdom. We want to be the wise ones. We don't want to be deceived in the last moment and say, oh, my God, what happened? What was this? I, fr- I missed it. Totally missed it. What was going on? We don't want that. We, what we want to know is I know what's going on here. I see it clearly. Uh, God is showing you where to stand, what to do, because everybody's saying, oh, no, oh, no, what if, what if, and I don't know what to do. We, in the last days who know our God, have to do exploits, will do exploits, if we walk in the wisdom and counsel and obedience to the Holy Spirit. But if you haven't learned to walk in obedience to the little things, like um, love your neighbor, we're not going to stand and walk in obedience to the big things like, you know, multiply this food, walk on water and raise the dead. I mean, it's like, okay, so we've got to be trained in the the ways of trusting God and the way we define or demonstrate our trust is through, and our faith is through obedience. And so when we, but we have to look at our choices right now, this, this swill, this cauldron swill that we live in, full of flattery, evil, vile, uh, transgression. You know, I'll, I'll just confess to you, I don't listen to the news much. I mean, I, I don't really listen to the news. None of the news stations, they, I, I just can't. They, they're, they just grate me because I can't take too much obvious lying. Um, <clears throat> but then I, I do catch a few little glimpses of things on some Twitter uh, uh, threads. And, and all I see there is the absolute unshocking, shocking, unshocking, uh, revealing of the blatant evil mm-hmm. that has been covered up with uh, euphemisms and and smiles and soft words and, you know, persuading rhetoric and uh, circular reasoning, uh, bribes behind the back that have done us in, that have taken away our health, taken away our freedom, taken away our concept of God and all of this is now being defaced or exposed it's like this it's like you have a beautiful bed tapestry beautiful on your lovely bed and now that tapestry is being pulled back bed covering and it is underneath you see the vile the cockroaches the scorpions the snakes the um you know you put your picture there what other gross mice vile things that have been hidden under this lovely covering, and now as as things get heated up and, and true colors are coming out, people are not seeking the wisdom or fear of God, the fear of the Lord, or wisdom. What they are seeking is to be right and to point, point out the faults of the other person to create a, a, a huge line of division between us. Well, what Jeremiah said, and it really applies to today, Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 23, and the first part of verse 24. But this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. 
they do not say in their heart, mm-hmm. not, let us now fear the Lord mm-hmm. our God. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the people of God. They're not talking about the pagan Gentiles. They're talking about the people yeah. of God and, and right here. You just read in Jeremiah chapter what, 8, was it? Chapter 5, verses oh. 23. Okay, so in chapter 20. 7 of Jeremiah, here's what he was talking to them about specifically. Now, these are the people of God. Jeremiah is the prophet sent to the people of God. He's warning them that they're in grave, serious trouble, and there's about to come a huge uh, judgment. They're going to go into captivity. And he said, um, uh, he's in verse uh, chapter 7. This is very interesting what they were doing, their sins. Um, verse 8, seven, verse, chapter 7, verse 8. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come and stand before me in this house, me being God, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I have seen it, says the Lord. Um, then he goes on to say, uh, Jeremiah says, therefore, do not pray. And God says, um, um, I will cast you out of my sight, verse 15, as I've cast out your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor nor lift up your prayer, your cry for them, nor make intercession to me for them. I will not hear you. He's talking to Jeremiah. Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood. Listen to this. They gather wood. The fathers kindle fire. the fire. The women knead the dough to make their cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they have, pro- and, uh, that they have may, may provoke me to anger. So they were actually doing this, you know, abomination, uh, idolatry, practicing witchcraft, you know, in the, in the face of God. Well, yeah, it it's it talks about. <laughs> he says, verse twenty-eight. He said, "So you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth." Boy, if that isn't the United States mm-hmm. of America, mm-hmm. and and much of the world today. I don't know what it would be. So Jeremiah was deli- deliberately, specifically calling out their sins, and and they were just basically had s- slipped into this place where either their sins were comfortable to them or they didn't want to give them up. I I don't quite you know they weren't hearing what Jeremiah was saying. They weren't taking it seriously. Well, here here's part of it. You know, is, is we mentioned earlier, Marjorie, about the the denial of God's existence. Okay, mm-hmm. or 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 the misinterpretation uh, of of God's of, of who God is. You know, people say you know, New Age people say, "Well, we're God. Everything's God." You yeah. know, that pantheism or or atheism or humanism, or we make ourselves to be gods. Um, uh, well, in, in, the, in the misinterpretation of the nature of God. Yeah, you know, we think God is just this. Uh, cotton candy, uh, wimpy Santa Claus type God, and everything everything is okay. We can get by with everything. He doesn't really care. He's so loving and he's so good and he's so nice that 
you know, you know, if you're a little naughty, it's okay. He's just going to overlook all of it, and it, and it's all going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the approach that so well, many people this are. This is taking the approach that actually Satan uses to get us to not come into an, a, rela- a relationship with God that's real. Oh, it's okay. It's grace. God will forgive you. That's not God's line. That's the enemy's line. That's not the Holy Spirit's line. Oh, go ahead. You can get by with this. Um, we'll just turn the other, uh, turn a blind eye to this. That's not what God says. God says, if I do that, you guys are going to get in, in bigger trouble. In Isaiah, we talked about just, I mean, Jeremiah, how the people were offering cakes to the queen of heaven. And we find out why in chapter 44. They were willing to be cut off from God, get in trouble with God. Um, and in chapter 44 of Jeremiah, we see kind of their reasoning uh, for, this, for this particular behavior. Verse 9. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, Jeremiah is saying, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of their wives, of your own wickedness and the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They have that... They have not been humbled to this day, nor have they feared. They have not walked in my law or my statutes that I set before you and your fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will set my face against you for catastrophe and for cutting off of Judah. Can you name in the last uh, six weeks any catastrophes, traumas, uh, cataclysmic events that we have experienced just in our nation, not to count the earthquakes and the and the, the storms and the terrors uh, and ISIS in other nations. Had, you know, is there a reason for this cat- catastrophe that might be explained by something beyond us? But well, but 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 wait, I got to finish this because he says Jeremiah is still talking to them. Then all the men of Israel. Uh, who knew that their wives had burned incense. This is verse 15 of chapter 44. Burned incense to other gods with all the women who stood by, a great multitude, and all the people who dwelt in the land of Egypt in Pathos, um, answered Jeremiah saying, As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you! Exclamation point. But we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouths to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven, to pour out drink offerings to her, as we have done, and as our fathers, our kings, our princes, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, were well fed, were well off, and had saw no trouble. But now, since we stopped burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and famine. So their reasoning was that they were well off when they were offering these peace offerings, drink offerings, uh, raisin cakes to the demons that ex- uh, that dwelt mm-hmm. in the second heaven, those that prowled around on the earth. And that's what idolatry is. It's placating demons. It's trick-or-treating all year long. You're afraid that, that, that you want something from them or you're afraid they're going to do something to you. So you, you bribe them, you offer them something. So these people were offering their uh, their baked goods to these demons to bring back good uh, peace and, and prosperity. Now, th- the thing is, what you say, well, I don't get this. I, I, I don't get what's going on here because, you know, um, yeah, okay, so God's the bad guy, and obviously Satan is the one who's bringing blessing here. Uh, so what, what, but is Satan good? Is God bad? 
is this what we come up with? Is this what we, this is what Satan wants you to conclude that there's a confusion here about who's good, who's bad, who's the benefactor, and who is the evil one. That goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Correct. You know, has God said, oh, yeah. he's trying to withhold information right, right, from you. Right. He doesn't want you to be like him because he's, you know, he's going to be jealous if you get to be but, like him. And, and right. Have so so God is just like a control him. freak and he just wants you to do everything the way he wants it done. And if it isn't getting done his way, then he's going to slam you because he can. Well, so Satan's plan from the beginning is to malign the character of God. Absolutely. That God has an uh, ulterior motive yep, yep. to deceive, to withhold. <clears throat> to make us want to obey. He's evil. Mm-hmm. That he's evil and, and, and he's good. You well, know, here, wait, wait, wait. Wait a so, minute. If God gives us free will, like you're saying, and then beats us up for using it, that makes God look maligned. Mm-hmm. That makes God look confusing. Well, you remember, remember when we did this um, Who is the Devil uh, DVD? By the way, it? that's on YouTube right now. Yeah, you can get it on YouTube. Uh, uh, we, talk, we interviewed several people on the streets of a, of a, of a suburb near us here, and uh, the one guy was saying that, hey, um, and there was two guys. One guy was saying, "You know, the devil, he's just like your best friend." Uh, yeah, and and, yes. the, and mm-hmm. another guy that that just destroyed thousands of dollars worth of Dungeons and Dragons paraphernalia. Who he'd come to the Lord, he'd repented of all that, burned it. Thank God he burned it. But he was saying, "Well, the devil, he just seems like so sweet. He give you everything. He's you want. the sweetest thing." And it's like the T-shirt I saw years ago on someone that said, God is busy. What do you want? And uh, it had a picture of Satan uh, <laughs> on it, you know, an image of, of Satan right, on there. Right. So, so, what it, we're so, saying, so going back to Jeremiah for a second. So these people were confused. They were thinking that their good things, their prosperity, blessing, actually were they were attributing their full tables, their full stomachs, their safety, blah, blah, blah. To their idols. To their idols. And so they were being deceived, and therefore they were being provoked to continue to serve these idols, to serve these um, monstrosities, because actually they they felt that they were more beneficial to them, and God looked like that. Now here, let's go back one more step, back to why does the fear of the Lord demand that we, the fear of the Lord comes through wisdom, comes through that, but it comes in the demonstration of is, is in obeying God. Because God knows the rule, the rule between him and Satan in this war between God and Satan for the souls of men is whom we obey, his servant we become. And so if we obey uh, idolatry, fear, uh, worshiping the Baals, serving ourselves, taking bribes, believing the lies of the liars and therefore become lying uh, liars ourselves, if we do those things... We're being deceived by the enemy coming into an agreement with him. So therefore, ultimately, though this prosperity and ample food on the table may look like a blessing, it's actually a trap because it pulls you in deeper until now Satan has you completely in his grip and he he it can destroy you. Now, the calamities, you know, that he brought upon Job, for example, uh, were not to correct Job. Job was already going in the right direction. 
The calamities, however, that, that, that's come, that are coming upon the earth may be the mercy of God. I'm not saying God is judging us, but God it may be using these things to bring us to the place of seeing that our gods do not help us. They are there to deceive us, set us up, set us up tre- in a treacherous way to pull us into a snare, to get us to believe them, and then, like, gobble us up. It's like we're, we're being set up, and yet the devil, his 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 trap is so well covered, well concealed, and we're so used to it. This has been going on for generations. It's like we're the last generation that has an opportunity to stand up and say, you know, that's enough of this garbage, these lies, the, the control of the God of this world. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord God. But well, a lot of people are not able to do that because they don't even get the paradigm of what's going on. They don't even get uh, the warfare. They don't even understand what's... They're just being tossed from pillar to post. And But eventually... This is going to become very apparent. You know, there's going to be no more middle ground. There's no no more place where we can make a passive agreement where we can say, oh, it's none of my business. I don't have to get involved. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to start a conflict. All that soft, cowardly response is going to go away because there's not going to be a middle ground anymore. There's going to be a wise, powerful, anointed army of the most high god and there's going to be the captives of the enemy on the other side of that that uh uh, um divide that great uh divide that great uh canyon grand canyon Uh, there's no more middle road well there's the conflicting promises what you're talking about satan Mm -hmm. promises prosperity fun pleasure uh we read of of moses however that he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. Mm-hmm. So God says, follow me and, and, and you will be blessed. You will have tribulation, right. <laughs> but you'll be blessed mm-hmm. and you'll have eternal life. Uh, Satan says, follow me and you'll be blessed. But his motivation, his character, his foul character is that he is there to steal and kill and destroy. He baits the hook. He'll, he'll he baits, baits the, the hook. hook. Yeah. And he catches you in his trap. And if he catches you in his trap, uh, you know, at, at the wrong time and, and the end of your life, you're caught in Satan's trap. Then you'll feel too guilty to receive the love and forgiveness He's of got God. you forever then. <clears throat> yeah. You know. It's a messy, horrible thing. But, we, but wisdom, the only, if any man, again, lacks wisdom, the way we get back into the fear of God is to simply get into the truth. Jesus said the truth brings us to freedom. Well, truth brings us to, to the revelation of Jesus Christ. I mean, you, you made <coughs> a brief mention uh, a little bit earlier, Marjorie, about uh, the warnings. You just think of the natural disasters. We've had the hurricanes. We've had, um, you know, we had Harvey and we had Irma. And, and, and then there's various tragedies and massacres in our nation. Mm-hmm. Proliferation of evil of every kind at every level, uh, you know, sexual perversion, uh, big-name people that are being exposed mm-hmm. as, as sexual perverts and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, in our government and uh, in, in our movie industries and so forth. But so, so all these things are to, to bring an awareness. God, you know, the thing is, you know, sometimes... We used to say about the old Missouri mules that they used to use as beasts of burden back in the day. 
you, you had to hit them over the head with a two-by-four to get their attention. Mm-hmm. So, and you read it in the Old Testament, Jeremiah and Isaiah, God brought, you know, crop failure, disaster upon them. They were overtaken by their enemies. And part of it was like a wake-up call. Okay, you don't hear what the prophet is saying. You don't hear my word. You don't hear my truth. Then I'm going to just kind of send a little extra motivation here um, for you to maybe well, come to the place of of uh, your senses. recognize. But it's like uh, David Wilkerson, who never claimed to be a prophet. He said he was a watchman of God in New York City. And during uh, 9-11, he was short, just a few days after that, he wrote an article, preached the message, wrote an article, said the towers have fallen, but we have missed the message. And that's the thing is, too, from the, the eclipses to the natural disasters around it, for the most part, we are missing the message. And it's not that God is just being mean to us. It's because he loves us, and he gives us warning that say, look it, okay, you're putting your faith in, in, in your money, in your power, in your idols, in your recreation, in your sports. You're, you're putting all this stuff in here, and you're disregarding mm-hmm. me. And, and you, have <coughs> a, you may have a form of godliness without the power, but it's not what I would call the fear of the Lord. Okay, so what's that verse of some, something, something has come upon you? You know, your fears come upon you. The things you feared the most have come upon yeah. you. Okay. Oh, that's what Job said. Okay. The, the things thing I fear the, the most, most has come, come upon me. Well, you know, uh, let's go back for a minute. And here's another. Everything is all steeped in confusion and con- counterfeiting and confusion. Even like you just mentioned, God sent uh, the crop failure. Uh, God takes ultimate responsibility for the ca- the. Uh, cataclysmic catastrophic events but he also uh, takes full uh, you know responsibility for bringing peace and justice and vindication now the problem is we 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 get mixed up as to okay who's doing this is god doing this is the devil doing this oh the devil couldn't possibly be doing this well we know from job the devil can actually mess with the weather he messes with the weather he messes with he he caused the house to fall down on job's children how timely you know, when he was testing Job to kill his finances, kill his kids. Um, so, and we know, and Jesus said to the wind on the Sea of Galilee, be quiet, shut up. So obviously that wind was not sent by his father because he wouldn't have told it to shut up. That wind was perpetuated by the enemy. I believe the enemy, the prince of power of the air, has power to stir up things. I believe there is a total conspiracy, deliberate plot. Go as deep as you want with that. Uh, on why we're having all these crazy, crazy weather things. I believe it's a twofold purpose. Both God, remember this, guys, both God and Satan are always working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. I believe Satan's agenda is absolutely very clear. It is to get us to play the fool, to intimidate us, to um, not rock the boat, so uh, the boat of globalism, so he can bring forth, you know, what is the only name, what is the only intolerable thing on the earth right now? It is the name of Jesus Christ and anything, anyone, any situation that reflects the kingdom of God. So globalism is the agenda of the evil one. Why? Because he wants to bring forth the Antichrist. Why? Because he wants to rule the world. Why? Because we're getting into, if not already in, the book of Revelations. So Satan's agenda in all of this 
you know, and I believe he can steer hurricanes. I believe he can start hurricanes. I believe he can crack the earth open. I believe he can do all kinds of stuff. And he does it to create fear and terror and dread and panic and pandemonium and, and financial devastation and loss to the people to corral them, discourage them, uh, strip them of their resources, to crush them. I don't believe God is in the crushing business. However, if, if Satan is going to do that, then God is going to use those same things to bring forth an astonishing blessing, miraculous deliveries, uh, the, the presence, the power, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, so that these people will come into a place of decision. Here's the problem. We not only need wisdom in the fear of the Lord, we need to make a decision. You, If you haven't made a complete 100%, no turning back, this is where it is, and this is where I'm standing, decision to stand and having, having done all to stand for God and righteousness because you're still confused about, well, who's doing all this? And I'm not sure if God is good or not. If, if you're still out there in that no man's land of confusion, you need to come in out of the storm, get on your knees and say, God, not just bow one knee, but get both of them on the ground and say, God, have mercy on me. Uh, you created me. I am here. I'm your son, your daughter. You're responsible for me. I'm your workmanship. I can't handle this. Uh, without you, I'm dead. I ask you to forgive me for being, uh, for, for, for listening to the globalists, listening to the brainwashers, listening to the, honey, guys, listen, these forces have been around since before your great, 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 great grandfathers have been here. These forces, these agendas of the elite, the global Illuminati, they all of this been a, around since actually, since actually before the flood. That was the first uh, divine intervention to wipe out the, uh, the, the evil that had overtaken the earth that was so insurmountable. All God could do to save human life was to destroy, not human life, but destroy those things that had become cross hybridized, half-human, half-demon things that were running around looking like people. But anyway, you can think about that later. But the thing is, so now it's up to us. Are we going to take, are we going to become afraid uh, of of what's going on or, or fear the Lord? Because ultimately, God is the final say on what's going to come, what's going to go, what's going to stay, what's going to go to heaven, what's not. God himself, the Father who is good, who loves you, who died for you, demonstrated his love, is not bad, is not got a double agenda, is not bipolar, is not sometimes good, sometimes mad. He's not that at all. That's what Satan wants to think. God is, does not get up in the morning and say, well, you know, I'm having a bad day today. That's not, he's not fickle. God is what he says he is. He is, he is in, he's in love with us, and he's at war with Satan. And he, God wants to convince you, but not force you. Not coerce you like Satan. God does not grab you around the throat and make you serve him. He could. He could wow us with all kinds of incredible revelations that would cause us to to just, you know, just evaporate if he wanted to. But God does not pull his power like that. Satan, however, uses all his manipulation, intimidation, coercion, guilt, shame, condemnation to not only shut us down, but to pluck us from the earth if he can because what ha- what's happened is for the most part in mankind we have believed the lies of the enemy and in doing so we brought all kinds of disasters upon ourselves okay mm-hmm. it, it, we've it, been it, deceived we've been deceived yeah. and it brings these things upon you and, and we don't know we've been deceived about, we don't yeah the thing that's the thing about deception is you don't yeah. know you've been yeah. deceived but you 
you get all this stuff upon you. People say, well, why is all this going on? Well, it, it's because uh, we, there's Satan, because we believed his lies, we followed his lies. Generation after generation after generation, it gets more and more complicated. There's an avalanche of evil all around us. At the same time, we have to realize that God is sovereign above all things, and mm-hmm. God wants his people, mm-hmm. uh, we as his people, to live in peace. It's interesting. In the midst of this horrible in mess. In the midst of this, uh-huh. the fear of the Lord actually brings peace. And a lot of times, people go, what are the blessings of the fear of the Lord? Rejoicing, thanksgiving, w- one, and peace. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And it's interesting, the, the fear of the Lord is really like a... Um, you know, the thing is, the motivation for us it's a protective shield. needs to be love, okay? And the fear of the Lord is, is is right in there with the love. And you say, well, how can you love? You say, perfect love casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a negative fear, yes, but the fear of the reverence of God. The lo- If you love someone, really love someone, you have a respect for them, mm-hmm. okay? And, and it's interesting that the fear of the Lord, one of the things is that the fear of the Lord is like a, it's like a monitor on our behavior. I, I, I think of, um, because, you know, what we do in secret, God sees the secrets of our hearts. He sees what we do in the darkness. And, and we're accountable in <coughs> Romans chapter 2, verse 16, it says that God is going to judge the secrets of men. It's interesting, Nehemiah. Back so then we the need day. to allow God's Holy Spirit to bring things into the light and not right. to be afraid. Because here's the why, why we keep the secrets. Because of shame. Shame is a demon that says, oh, yeah. don't let anybody see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, and you know the thing is, shame is holding you captive to being free because the light of God's truth, his mercy and forgiveness, <clears throat> he knows why, why you believe the lie in the first place and did what you did in the first place, whether it's perversion or whatever. And shame wants to hold you captive. And God says, trust me. I I am I I've already forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Let's tell. Let's, let's confess our sin. Isn't that what the Bible says? Confess your, your pray for one another to be healed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so if you don't do that, if you don't trust God in that, if you take that sin, shame, secret, silent thing with you to the grave, then you're locked in by shame, held hostage by shame, controlled by shame, still in shame's prison. And it's pretty hard for you to be walking in the liberation of God. So, so many people, I think they've already feel like they've been so bad, done so many bad things that there's no hope for them. That they're, they might, they're, they're locked into, you know, sin, 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 sin. No, it, it, that's not the whole point of the gospel at all. But it becomes the, the, the point Satan keeps making about the gospel. Well, it, it, you know, the whole Satan, it's always, we think, oh, God, it's just always picking on sin, picking on sin, picking on sin. Well, God actually, you know, he hates sin. Because he hates it, unrighteousness it does, does. because he is love, he is truth, he is righteous. Well, it's just like a parent. He hates the lies his child is believing about him or the child is believing about himself or the child is believing about his friends. If the parent sees that the child is believing lies that are going to bring him into deception, destruction, the parent is going to hate those lies, is he not? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, of course, that's what God is. He's a parent. He hates what Satan is doing to trick us. And we have been swallowing. We've been f- been being fed these appalling lies. And we don't, we, you know, it's like I, I know people who are so blatantly, blatantly wrong, practicing such blatant evil. 
And they're like the adulteress in uh, Proverbs who she wipes her mouth and she says, I've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And the witches who say, I'm good. I did, you know, yeah. you know, and, and it's just like, I am, you know, appalled that we are not anymore. We're so disconnected in a way from the true purity of God and the holiness of God yeah, exactly. and the fear of God that we have become spun around and half cooked. We're like frogs in that kettle and already half cooked. You yeah. Know? Somebody yeah, better turn the burner off. Right. You know, it's, we're going to die. It's a defilement. You know, I yeah. just think of, you know, what I said too, that the fear of the Lord really is like a monitor for our behavior because, you know, what happens, what's, what's been happening, we alluded to it earlier, there's evil that's being exposed that's okay, right. over the Internet. I mean, it's, it's being exposed through the news media. Oh, so-and-so, there's this c- scandal, this crisis, this one is exposed for doing this and exposed right, for doing right. that. Well, they were hiding, you know, they were trying to hide all this stuff, and it came out. You know, and uh, but it, you know, if and it shows the reason was basically the lack of fear of the Lord. It's interesting what Nehemiah says in, in Nehemiah five verse fifteen. Uh, he was, you know, there they were rebuilding the walls, and he was like the governor of Jerusalem at the time. He says, but the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people, uh-huh. and took from them bread and wine besides forty shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people. In other words, they had an oppressive government. But he said, but I did not so do so because of the fear of the Lord. He says, indeed, I also continued the work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. My servants were gathered there for the work. He said, we're there just to do a job. We're not here to oppress the people. And the reason, he says, I have a, I have a respect for God. Uh-huh. And really... How can anybody really stand in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, like Peter said on the day of Pentecost? Mm-hmm. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Oh, yeah. We're living in a crooked and perverse generation, it's spoken of. But how is anybody going to stand yeah. in righteousness and in truth without the fear of God, the respect for God? You know, the respect for God. You remember they were trying to, Shut down the preaching of the gospel there in Acts four and five. They said, "But we, you know, it was said, sorry, uh, we cannot but speak." They weren't apologetic, really. He says, "We we we're not going to obey you. We cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard." So, yeah, th- there was a there was a fear of They've God. They've been with Jesus. Man comes up yeah. with his edicts, his laws, mm-hmm. his policies, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know what? There's a time where we obey those." But then there's a time where we do not obey those because we have a reverence, a higher Yeah, reverence that's where we need wisdom. It's What time is it? Is it time to obey or is it time to rebel? Now, here's, here's one of the big severe problems that we really haven't touched on when it comes to wisdom. Um, we have been, you know, I think our generation has seen a lot. I know how to do a lot of things. Uh, we, we can kind of, you know, we're not helpless uh, when it comes to fixing cars and baking bread and growing a garden and whatever we need to do, we get up off the couch and we do it. But the second, the, the generations, the two generations behind us and the third generation behind us, they're, 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 not, they're not well. They're not well. They're not strong. Mentally, emotionally, they, they, they're, they're feeling either entitled or unable, uh, helpless. 
Um, they've been taken care of. They've been brainwashed by all the electronics that they watch and listen to. They don't know how to do anything. I mean, even I heard the other day, now this is interesting, that even your self-help stores like Home Depot and Menards and Lowe's and stuff, they're now having to produce videos to teach this younger generation how to use a power tool, how to use a screwdriver. My, oh my. So otherwise they're going to lose business because this younger generation, they're going to just say, no, I, I want to hire somebody to do this for me. Now, I'm not saying everybody in the younger, in the second, third generation doesn't know how to run a, a power tool. I'm not saying that because thank God there are some who are aware of that. But, but that's just an indication of the, te- of, the ten- uh, of the temperament, of the helplessness, of the gullibility. And so these, this generation, we're not talking about ourselves. I think we get it a little bit. But if you want to do something, you need to start praying for that generation to come because you know what? They are going to need an absolute stark move of God himself to break them up out of this, this uh, stupor. They're, in a, a, they're, they're unconscious. They're in an unconscious stupor being um, uh, a techno stupor. Well, and they're being fed yeah. through intravenous feedings and uh, feeding tubes. Uh, and it's like their brains, their bodies are being harvested for the evil one, and they have no clue. And, and they don't know they have a life that they can actually take control of, that they can actually do something besides what all their friends are doing. They can actually make a decision, and they're making some decisions. I'm not saying some aren't waking up, and I'm saying this is to the glory of God. and for the, They're starting because of the, probably because of the prayers of the old women and the intercessors, but they're starting to maybe eat better. Uh, they're starting to say no to some things. But we have, for the most part, all of us, been lulled into this place of escapism and complacency because this out here, what we're looking at, what we're listening to, is is almost like a horror movie. It's almost like a sci-fi. It's, al- it's almost like, I don't want to live in that. I want to live in a movie, and then I'll, uh, this, this horrible life i got to look at with the people doing what they're doing, um, I, I don't want to pay any attention to that because it's too overwhelming. Um, so what we need to do is get back into the place of simplicity, what God says, obey him, find your reconciliation with Jesus. You know, if you've committed sins, go to Jesus and say, you know what? I repent. This is not me. This is not me doing this. This is a spirit. Paul says, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's not me doing it, guys. It's not me. Paul wasn't telling a lie. He says, there's something going on inside of me that's not me. And that something could be a spirit of passivity, a spirit of fear, cowardice, a spirit of I've got no right to say yes, no, or it could be on the other side, I've got all kinds of rights and I can do whatever I want and don't you tell me what to do. But nonetheless, both of them draw us away from, they put us on a torture rack, drawing us away from the peace and simplicity of rejoicing, thanksgiving, uh, wisdom, the fear of the Lord, uh, cleanness, uh, holiness, um, repentance is actually a gift from God. The revelation of Jesus Christ is a gift from God. The, the revelation of where we're at in these last days, God is going to have to wake up his people who Satan has drugged and put to sleep. And, and there are many who cry out for this to happen. They're rescuing those who are lost and perishing. They're giving their lives. You can be part of that. Giving your energy, your time, your money, your life, your commitment. Don't just sit around trying to get rid of your sin. Give your sin to the Lord, confess it, and go and do what Jesus said. He said, follow me, like the, the apostles in the book of Acts. 
There was a lot of hanging things, hanging loose out there. And yet they walked to the temple and they prayed for this guy and he got healed. And they knew the choice they had to make that they couldn't serve Caesar anymore. They had to go this new way, the new way of the church, the body of Christ. Um, and, and so they were, you know, by the grace of God, they chose to not get reburied in the old system of Rome. And for us, the same thing. We're at the end now. They were at the beginning we have to regather the truth of God's word and hold it dear and become wise, be truly wise guys in of this mash, in this mishmash of life uh, on the planet. Because we will, like Jerry, like you said, we're going to have to give an account of ourselves at some point soon, someday. Could be today. Who knows? Right. And, and the, th- the fear of the Lord is something that can be learned. You know, it talks about, I will teach you in the Proverbs, I will teach come my children, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and God gave instructions to his people in the Old Testament to teach your children my word, my ways, so the people will learn to fear me. And, and here's the cry of what, what you're saying, Marjorie, in uh, Psalm 9, 19 through 20. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Yeah. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. And uh, another, uh, yeah, amen. Another verse here I want to just uh, share uh, in Jeremiah thirty-two, verses. Um, uh, well, let's start with uh, thirty-eight. Jeremiah thirty-two, thirty-eight through uh, uh, forty-one. Then. They sh- rather, excuse me. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them, and their children after them. Amen. Okay, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from doing them what good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, so that they will not depart from me. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do good, and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart, with all my soul. So the, the, the fear of the Lord can be learned, but sometimes it's just a matter of through his word, through his spirit, the Lord says, I'm going to put it in their hearts. And yes. that, that is a gift. Like you said, Marjorie, repentance is a great gift. Mm-hmm. And the fear mm-hmm. of the Lord is a great gift. Is is a great gift, and mm-hmm. we really need to ask. Just, ask. We should ask the Lord. I, yeah, I, let's do that right now. How many times do we pray, <laughs> Lord? We just ask God that you will put your yes, fear, Hallelujah. in our hearts. Yes, Father God. Lord God, and it comes through your Word. It comes through your Spirit. Yeah, it comes Have from mercy. just looking at the world around us. us, and we see the evil, but we say, Lord, and but in seeing your greatness. Your greatness is is revealed in your word. Your greatness is revealed in creation. Your greatness, your goodness, your holiness that you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to to speak truth, to bring Mm -hmm. good news, to to give his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, to to be raised from the dead, to ascend to the right hand of the Father, to, to send the Holy Spirit. To, ena- to establish the church, to enable us to live yes, in these days victoriously. Yes, God, you're not willing. Rejoicing and yes. peace. Yes, and peace. you're not willing that any should perish, Lord God. So we remind you of your own heart's desire that none of us be lost and that those who are hanging in the valley of decision, 
multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision today will move up out of the, the, the cleft of that crack, that middle ground, and stand on the righteous side, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We pray your blessing upon each one today and those who are to listen in the, in the days to come. May they be encouraged. And you said again, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let the fear of the Lord return to us. Let us have, mer- have mercy upon us as we ask you, Lord God, to forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just say, too, as right after the amen, mm-hmm. <laughs> Revelation 14, 6 through 7, it's interesting. There's tum- coming a time when there's gonna, this angel is going to be somehow flying in the midst of heaven, coming up. Uh, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Revelation 14, 6, and then now verse uh, 7. Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Let's fear God Amen. this day <laughs> Be blessed. and in all the days to come. Encouraged. Let's fear him and give him glory because there's, that is where the blessing and the joy of the Lord and, and the, the peace of God, of God is. God mm-hmm. is. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.